0: Skeletons
1: and shivers down your spine Shrieking skulls will shock your soul And seal your doom tonight Spooky, scary skeletons
0: Speak with such a screech You'll shake and shudder in surprise When you hear these zombies shrieking St- Straight the off the bat, dad, I feel the need so To done. point out that I think I've actually, if I haven't told the story about you, I'm going to tell it now to introduce you. That's fair enough. So, I've known you for a long time. Maybe not as much as Sir Booberry. Yeah, third grade. Third grade. We acted a lot as kids. I think that's what we in- initially bonded over. We took, like, acting classes together. That was really fun. Yeah. Um, in high school, I haven't, I don't think I've talked about this. I wrote a horror-themed stage play and i cast you as a main character yeah that was one of the ah. cool so was um so was Fr- Franz mcboo who was a main character and so was Django phillips <laughs> so yes. all, all of us kind of have this uh at least this uh connection point at some point in our history that we acted together and it's you know i've always thought that you would be a real good addition but i, I do have to tell this short story first <laughs> i'm not sure if you See if you can remember this.
1: Yeah, I actually don't know what you're referring okay, to. Okay, so. so
0: you had just moved from Alabama. You got here. You were kind of shy. You were kind of new. Uh, everyone is when they're that young and that uncomfortable yeah. in social situations. Yeah, I, I get told that I'm I'm a little shy to date still. Okay. Well, fair enough. So when when we were a lot younger, though, I was a bit of an asshole. Specifically to you, specifically to other people I haven't had on the show yet. And I had invited you to a bunch of baby ducks sleepover, and I think it was me, you, him. And um, we we were staying up relatively late at the time, which, like, for third or fourth grade, was, like, maybe, like, 11. And the house was relatively empty. His parents slept through anything. So... (laughs) We we found out later on why exactly. Oh yeah, it's because his dad smokes a ton of weed. Um, grows it too. Great good stuff. Yeah, I I found that out way I later. I was spoke like, with him last year. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Like uh, he already looks like um, was it uh, Cheech? Yeah, absolutely. Or is it Chong? Which one's the? Uh, he looks like. Is it Chong? I think he looks like Chong. The tall one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looks like Chong. So we're we're. It, we're young we're rambunctious and we don't feel like going to sleep so naturally we say oh let's play a game and i don't know if you know where i'm going but we decided that we would play hide and go seek so you only really knowing me i think a bunch of baby ducks was in our class but he again really quiet guy yeah so and we were even younger and more awkward so we're playing hide and go seek you're following me around And I remember hiding in his, like, coat closet all the way downstairs. We thought about going into the basement at some point. Because his basement is, like, concrete floors. The ceiling is maybe, like, five feet. You have to duck to get through there. Mm -hmm. Spiders and shit everywhere. You obviously... You've never been to his house before. You didn't (laughs) want to go there. I opened the basement door before we hide in the coat rack. And you look at me. And no shit. I remember (laughs) this to this day. You look at me and say... The devil is down there. <laughs> I, I can believe that. Do you remember this?
1: Uh, yes, I, I actually remember that night because there was a, um, a rope swing, and I ripped my hands up that day. Mm. Um, I, like, fell off the swing, but, like, my hands were still holding, so I just had, like, rope burn all down my hands. Okay. <laughs> I remember that very vividly.
0: Um, I just remember from that point forward, I was like, I like this kid. <laughs> like, the devil's down there. I, at first, I was just like, are you fucking serious right now? Because I had, like, I had been raised by the church at that point. Loose, yeah. loose Christian. But it's like, what? here's this third grader who just starts spouting, like, the devil.
1: I'm from Alabama. His,
0: his house was... Cre- oh, okay. Yeah.
1: And, like, down in Alabama religion is everything mm-hmm. so like i was just coming out of in that in your defense parents
0: have been kind of nuts <laughs> so uh, uh, yes
1: 100 <laughs> percent um but we also it was very hard clay so we didn't have basements either
0: okay so like my
1: whole you know up until i was eight years old i had never seen a basement uh-huh. i'd never been in a basement yeah like, when, and what, had, is, the, what is this had, we, basement thing? We open
0: that basement door, and it's just cement steps leading down into darkness. Yeah, like... Uh, and I was like, don't worry, I have a flashlight. And you're like, no, I don't, I don't want to go down there. And I'm like, why? What's up? It's, it's a good hiding spot. He won't want to go down here. And I was thinking about the game. And you were just like, no, I don't want to go down there. The devil's down there. And I was just like, all right, coat rack. <laughs> Let's go hide in the coat rack, then. Uh... I think that was a definitive moment in both understanding you as a person and basking in our friendship. Yeah. So, I think that's a, that's a funny moment. Is there any other personal anecdotes you want to bring to this? Any creepy moments in your life?
1: My my whole life, I kind of avoided horror movies, um, and I just, I didn't see any value in them. I'm, I'm a very analytical person, and I analyze, you know, if I spend two hours watching this movie, what do I gain out of it? Sure. Um... And I, I just didn't see any any positive gain from, from scary movies. Uh, one of my first experiences was um, a commercial for The Exorcist. <laughs> that, um, you know, I was like nine, ten years old. And my, my dad was like, this was the scariest movie ever. Yeah, like, my dad said the same shit. And he was like, to this day, this still freaks me out. Mm-hmm. And I just was looking at the screen and it was like 11.30 at night. I should have been, you know, well past in bed. Uh, and I saw her, her head turn around and just it really sunk into me that, you know, if my dad thinks this is scary, and like my dad's a big guy. He's big, yeah. Yeah, like if, if he's scared of that, you know, I should be scared should, of that. Yeah,
0: I'm immediately scared.
1: Uh and I just I didn't have, you know, any desire to go watch, you know, horror movies. Mm-hmm.
0: Um And I see the devil aspect now. It kinda, yeah. it kinda makes a little bit of yeah, sense. Yeah, th- i see. This mean, was before.
1: Yeah, just I, I grew up, you know, through the church my my whole life, and it kind of and when you when you come from that atmosphere of you know everyone goes to church every Sunday, like mm-hmm. if if you're not there, like they ask more questions about why weren't you in church than why weren't you in school. Sure. Um, so it, it was just a very
0: you're raised Catholic. Uh
1: no, we I went to a Southern Baptist church. Okay. Oh, so, you know Shut the
0: that yeah. Woo, you know, what, hands up, praise Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that
1: was normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're living, you are living, I do know-
0: remember going to church with you at some point in high school. Uh, I was doing a like an experimentation thing, trying to figure out if religion was for me, and I just hopped between things. Yeah. I do remember, like, at a pastor's request, to join someone at their church, and I went with you mm-hmm. one Sunday, and I was like, "This is okay."
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I was also the bad kid at church.
0: Oh yeah, I I skipped. I skipped Sunday school classes, I would go across the street and just sit in a McDonald's lobby, eating food and drinking coffee for, like, two hours, and then go back to reception and meet my parents, and they would be like, how was your classes? And I was like, oh, they were the tits.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever told anyone this story, like, in any type (laughs) of public forum, but I used to uh, skip Sunday school and go steal cigarettes from the gas station down the street.
0: (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Just, like, asking people?
1: No, just I would walk in and... Oh, walk a, out. Pick okay. up a
0: pack and walk out.
1: Nice. Um, nice. 15 years old, 16 years old. You were night. also an
0: admitted klepto at some point.
1: I, Absolutely. That was that exact same period. Yeah. 100%. I remember
0: in high school, it was it, I would take you somewhere even <laughs> barely intoxicated, and you would just be like, watch my hands, man. I might be stealing tons of shit. And I'd just be like, yo, you're nuts. I like you. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um. So, we have a new guest-slash-listener-slash-speaker here with us, episode 43. I think I've been sending you episodes since, like, the 10s or 20s, um, trying to get you on here. Yeah, just about. um. This is Lots of Pasta. This is the podcast where we talk about the spoops and the creeps, and we try to bring it on home to you so you don't have to go and read it yourself, because you're lazy. And uh, it's uh we bring ambiance and acting and fun little things, and I hope... You smoked some weed before this episode because they always go down a little bit smoother. Yeah. When you're a little bit smooth to start (laughs) with, smooth criminal. (laughs) We got a big story to tell today. Guest, what name do you want to go
1: by? I believe we were going with Where Am I? Where am I? Uh, Where am I? Or as as I like to put,
0: Where am I? Okay. Because
1: <laughs> that's, that's the tone of voice that, that goes with the story.
0: So when I draw your character for the YouTube, should I make you look like a bird of some kind? <laughs>
1: um, well, it's it's based off an old man who had Alzheimer's.
0: I'll make you look like an old man, then. Perfect. Great. <laughs> you go into it um, as, sh- as succinct as you possibly can. Just try and make me understand it.
1: Okay, so I worked on an oil rig. Um, Shit. Yeah. We're going to get into a little bit of backstory. Okay. Okay. Um, so I worked on an oil rig and I was a mechanic and the head mechanic was, uh, um, you know, an older man of maybe early fifties, late forties, that type of era uh, and he had two sons uh, and one of his sons has the same first name as I do. So he would always yell at me and he'd be like, you know, what, what are you doing? My my 14 year old boy can do this, you know, better better than you can. And he just... He eventually got to the point where if I did something stupid, he would just yell, Where am I? And I didn't really understand what he was doing. Yeah. But he's... Was he's he knocking a, you? Trying to... Exp- like... uh, no, he just... that It was just something that he had carried with him, his whole life.
0: Oh. So he
1: starts saying this to me, and I don't really understand what's going on. I'm just like, you know, okay, it's, it's a thing that he's been saying, whatever. <laughs> and I, I'm getting to know him more, I'm working for him longer and longer... And one day I I sit down and we're on our lunch break and I say, hey, you know, what's this where am I thing? Yeah. So he tells me the story of when he was my age, which was about 20, 21 years old, uh, he worked for a shop and he was the youngest guy at the shop and the owner had a father-in-law who had Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. So when the father-in-law was around, the youngest at the shop, which was him, had to take care of him.
0: The and more you explain, the more, like, hilariously fucked up this is. Absolutely. Like, the dude just wakes up every day and he's just like, where am I? Yeah. He,
1: he would get, the the mechanic would get calls all the time. Hey, where am I? And he'd be, well, I how am I supposed to know where you are? This is like so des- real. Describe your surroundings to me. And the, the, the greatest story he ever told me was the old man always planned on going to Florida. And the mechanic was like, like, "He'd
0: know where the fuck he was." Exactly. The old man was like, "In Disney oh, World, holding a balloon." In and he's like, "Where am I?" And everyone's smiling and dancing around. They're like, "You're in Disney World." And he's just like, "Where is that?" Uh,
1: yeah, like you can't even get to the gas station down the street. Holy How shit. are you gonna get to, to Florida? Um, and one day, the old man goes, and he goes to Florida, and they're they're freaking out. They can't find him. Uh, and about six days later, he comes back in a completely different car.
0: Good. His car broke down. <laughs> At and least he, just, he got he, to. At he, he car. how to drive a car. <laughs>
1: yeah. He. he Good he,
0: for him. That seems like a. Fuck. I would watch a movie about that. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> it, it just it's been like a multi generational oh, thing. Glad you're
0: keeping it strong.
1: Yeah. It's followed me all over oh, you know the man. state.
0: I'm just gonna make you look like the most confused fucking old guy in the world. That's
1: that's exactly what it is. Oh great. You, you never really have a response to it. You're just like, well, how do I deal with this? What do I do now?
0: true so this is captain death with where am i (laughs) is that accurate that's great do i sound more like a bird more like an old man um it's like a 40 (laughs)
1: 60 split in the the favor of the bird where am i (laughs) that's that's a little more old man
0: like okay cool Uh, it's a fun name, fun little story, like that little anecdote. I'm glad that people bring, uh, their own little personal flavor. I don't think I've ever forced a name upon someone, but there are a couple that I'm trying to get onto the show later Mm -hmm. that I've been like, no, I have a name for you already, you have to (laughs) take this, and if they don't, then I'm just gonna rage for the entire, I'm gonna call them the wrong name the entire episode, like, no, you need to be this name. That's Uh, Most of them deal with weed, by the way. (laughs) Again, I hope you are at least a little bit buzzed, you know, um, we, we took a little bit of the smoky smoke, um, yeah. I appreciated that, it had been a while for me, I hope I can still get a job, <laughs> I'm mostly drunk right now though, so <laughs> this is good, oh, getting to the story, the reason I picked this, it was, uh, a, a month award winner on Reddit No Sleep, little bit longer, so I hope people are okay with a single narrative. I'm not usually for people's first episodes. I try to just like toss them into multiple situations, see how they do. Mm-hmm. We're just hope we're putting it all on this story, all our chips in one pile. You a gambling man? Absolutely, I am. Full house. It's definitely. <laughs> everywhere uh, you look, <laughs> everywhere.
1: <laughs> this is so, this is going. It's
0: going up <laughs> and down hill. Up and, and down <laughs> <laughs> we got we got the the dabble going dabbing. on. We're dabbing here. Um. So we're so the reason I picked this story, it's a monthly winner on Reddit No Sleep, which means it has some notoriety, for for a bunch of losers on the internet who don't do anything and <laughs> just click an upvote button. Like yeah, uh, real good. And apparently it deals with the theme park. And the reason I picked this one is because we're going to Six Flags tomorrow. Me, you, Sir Booberry, and. Disco Dracula!
1: I still have yet to believe that he's going to make it. I will believe it when I see it. Of
0: course. He's been talking about it all week. Let's just get into this one. This is apparently a theme park related, amusement park related reddit no sleep story called Mayhem Mountain. Let's just dive right into it.
1: In two miles, take exit 19 for Valley Park Drive South, Siri chirped from my sister's phone. Charlotte, turn that off. I know where I'm going. You sure about that? I mean, it's been a couple of decades, Mark. Please. Like I could ever forget where Adventure Valley is. Come on. We spent every summer of There it is. I swerved briefly into oncoming lane as Charlotte thrust her arm in front of my face to point excitedly out the window.
0: There it is. I'm dabbing again, throwing arms. Uh,
1: there's Adventure Valley. Oh my god. What ride is that? That's that coaster. It was called Steel
0: Snippets. <laughs> Steel Dick. Steel Dick. Come on, Steel Dick in Adventure Valley.
1: Right. No, no, wait. That's Mayhem Mountain, isn't it? I gently pushed my sister's arm out of my face and back over to her seat. I couldn't falter for her excitement while I was trying so hard to control my own giddiness. It felt like we were kids again, yelling and bouncing in, back, in, the, in the back seat of my parents' car as the first shining rails and wooden planks of the park's roller coasters came into view above the treetops. That's the Steel Viper, I told her. Mayhem Mountains on the other end of the park. And that wooden roller coaster over there? That's the Excalibur. Excalibur? Oh yeah, I remember those. I was always too much of a wuss to ride the Viper. But I rode the shit out of the Excalibur. Well Charlotte, you're an adult now. I think it's time to take on the Viper. As long as the contractors have tested it and given it the okay, I'm in. Sounds like a pussy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's exactly what I'm talking about in the the room. Oh, yeah. Contractors.
0: Is it safe? (laughs) Is it safe to ride? Yeah. I don't like this. (laughs) I'm trying to do my impersonation of him the best I possibly can.
1: That was really the question, wasn't it? We didn't know which rides had been inspected and cleared and which ones hadn't. I sent up a silent prayer that Mayhem Mountain was counted among the rides that had. I'd left Brandon several voicemails asking about it since he was the one in charge of everything, but with how fast things had been moving since we'd bought the park, I couldn't fault him for being a busy man. If you'd told 12-year-old me crazy, hyper, wild-eyed friend Brandon Derrick would end up graduating cum laude from Northwestern Business School, I would have laughed in your face. Brandon? No way. Tyler, maybe, but never Brandon. In fact, half the reason I think he chose a business designation was because of Adventure Valley. When the park had closed in 1989, Brandon had gathered us all together in his basement, and with a gravitas and solemnness I've never seen in him before, since, asked us to make the pact. At the time, the promise had been the most serious vow that five 12-year-olds could ever make. High off of an entire summer of Adventure Valley Fun we agreed with all the ceremony of a meeting of parliament that we would one day come together and buy Adventure Valley Amusement Park.
0: It's a lofty fucking request. You, you want to buy an amusement park with me? Uh, yeah, I'm not talking about Uncle Jerry's Family Fun <laughs> Zone, tell you what.
1: Uh, I, I, I could see myself owning a, a theme park someday
0: like a like a rapey Walt Disney (laughs) absolutely want some vanilla ice cream kid come on on back to my come to my apartment (laughs) of course
1: back then we planned to just buy it and ride the roller coasters into the ground we decided which friends from school we would let in and which enemies would be barred from the gates it had always been our park and that was the right we should have they're very possessive of this park yeah it's it's almost like creepy
0: I feel like there is a episode of, like, a cartoon where something like this happens, like, either Jimmy Neutron or something, like, yeah. they, they rent out a park and none of the people that are dicks to them <laughs> in school are allowed to go. Yeah. So some person watched that and was like, I'm gonna write a spooky story <laughs> about this. Where am I?
1: <laughs> it had taken 20 years, but we did eventually fulfill our promise. With a hell of a lot of pushing from Brandon and a sizable offer of collateral from Tyler, The bank had agreed to give us a multi-million dollar loan to buy, repair, refurbish, and reopen the park. The size of the loan that the six of us were responsible for gave me nightmares for several weeks. How would this place ever turn a profit? It had been closed for decades after operating in the red for several years. The country had experienced a high number of runaways and missing persons in the area in the last years of the 1980s. The entire region was on the edge of cases mounted, and people in the area becoming depressed and suspicious of each other. It had absolutely killed park attendants. But seeing the first cresting waves of the roller coaster rails through the trees made me forget all about my financial worries. This was Adventure Valley for Christ's sakes. If we opened the gates, people would come. So if I, you
0: build it, they will come.
1: I definitely feel like there's gonna be some fork.
0: There's is there something wrong with this park. Yeah, like a, yeah they have a. Yeah, a very it's closed because of the surrounding area. Yeah. Fucking Six Flags is in Jersey <laughs> and no
1: one's judging them. <laughs> that's That's very true. There, 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 that's our exit. Charlotte squeaked. I pulled off the interstate and took a left under the bridge. Less than a mile later, we came upon the acres of the park, of the park's parking lot to our right. We turned in and drove all the way up to the front near the gates, where several other cars were parked. A Lexus, a Mini Cooper, an old Chevelle, and a Honda Civic, another rental car like ours. Looks like we're the last ones here, Charlotte said. She was right. As we pulled up to the Lexus, I noticed a group of people standing next to the ticket booth, waving to us excited. Oh my God, is that Tyler? Jesus, he's lost so weight. He's so skinny now. And Brandon's losing his hair. Holy shit, is that Koji? Koji got hot. Koji got
0: hot.
1: Calm down, Paris Hilton. These guys are my friends. <laughs> what was this
0: written like 2005?
1: <laughs> it, it seems like it. They're off limits to you. Same roles as when we were teenagers. Besides, half of them are married. Really? Which half?
0: They're they're lower halves. The dick parts.
1: (laughs) Typically, that's how it works.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're gone after
1: me. I raised an eyebrow at Charlotte and shook my head in amused bewilderment. My little sister had never outgrown her boy craziness. Wait, who's that? Charlotte asked as we got out of the car. What? That's Scott. You know Scott. Not Scott... Scott looks exactly the same. The girl, next to Scott. Oh. I had put this off so long that I'd actually forgotten to tell my sisters at all. That's Danny, Scott's girlfriend. Danny, as in Danielle Bircher? Well, yeah. My sister gave me a horrified look that you'd think I'd betrayed her to her death. But it was fleeting, and quickly replaced by a a sly smile. By and by me. I'm sure she's not the same person she was in high school. We're all adults now, right? Come on, let's go.
0: You know what this is starting to sound like? You ever play uh, Until Dawn? I have not. Really great, uh... Like a... Like
1: uh, what uh, Heavy Rain
0: was? It's exactly like Heavy Rain. Okay. Yeah. So it's all about the consequences and, uh you know, those action moments where you just have to... Yeah, you press buttons and you you follow the narrative, and it's not really, uh... literally playing a horror movie. uh, Heavy Rain style. And, uh... In the beginning, I think it's something along the lines of, like, they need to take a ski lift up to an isolated part of a of a park and everyone is applying to these stereotypes and everyone's coupling off and shit and, mm-hmm. and you're starting to get little bits of everyone's like attitudes and I feel like that's what they're doing to us right now. Yeah. And I really hope this gets like,
1: like proper a, a, a horrifying. Like character development.
0: Yeah.
1: A sigh of relief escaped my chest as I slammed the car door and followed Charlotte over to the entrance. Though I saw most of these guys every year, seeing us all here together, standing at the ticket booths of Adventure Valley brought me all sorts of happiness I hadn't experienced in years. Mark fucking Lantis. I can't believe it. Tyler had an edgy, commanding voice that probably made his many employers shudder and scatter. But I knew him like a brother, so his bravado just made me laugh. Can you believe it? I asked as I gave him a hug and slap on the back. Back at the front gates. Fifteen dollars a day doesn't seem so ridiculous now. Fifteen dollars a day, my ass, Brandon said as he shook my hand. By my math, it looks like we'll be charging about sixty-five dollars a day. I'll pay it, Charlotte smiled as she gave Koji a hug. Are people really going to pay sixty-five dollars a day, Koji asked. Even Disneyland only charges eighty-five dollars, and there you get access to two parks. How could I forget, Brandon shook his head. One of our investors works for the mouse. Pity they won't let you design any artwork for this place." Come on, man. I'm not an artist. I'm an engineer. Don't you mean an imagineer? Charlotte winked at him. Koji sighed and shook his head. Yeah. I fucking do. As Brandon and Charlotte teased Koji, I made my way over to the side of the ticket booth, where Scott and his girlfriend were conversing. I don't know why Scott was being so standoffish, but I thought it might have something to do with the investment. Scott was the least well off of the six of us. Worked at his dad's collision shop. He hadn't had a whole lot of money to invest. I thought maybe he was embarrassed about the money. But now, watching him lean against the booth with slowly shifting eyes, I realized it wasn't that at all. Scott was just stoned. Same old Scott.
0: (laughs) Yes. Scott sounds like me. (laughs) Scott. Just
1: like, I I come and I go and I'm here and I'm there. I'm just always stoned. (laughs) What's up, Burnout? My brother, I haven't seen you in, like, 15 years. How about a bro hug? Bro. Scott smiled and pushed off the wall to come give a quick hug. Hey, how's it going, man? Fuck, look at you. What's your diet, man? Rabbit food and lettuce? You're not gonna get any ladies with that skinny bonnie. Your mom doesn't seem to mind. <laughs> oh, mom jokes. Got it, Got it. <laughs> hey, Mark. I'm Danny. Do you remember me? Danny Bercher? Scott's girlfriend gave me a shy smile and stuck out her hand so we could engage in a stiff handshake.
0: Stiff it's not the only stiff
1: <laughs> Yeah, uh, apparently Danny's attractive. Yeah. Yeah? Uh, I think so. You were in my sister's class, right? Charlotte-Lantis? Danny had the decency to look embarrassed. Yeah, uh, but we, we weren't really friends.
0: That's putting it lightly, I thought. We were freshmen when you guys were seniors, she added. Yep, I do remember that. Maybe I should just get it over with. I called Charlotte over and the reintroduction of the two girls, while awkward, was over pretty quickly to everyone's relief. We were all eager to get into the park. It was odd not stopping at the window for tickets and even odder to walk around the rusting turnstiles of the front gates. I delighted in reminding myself that we owned this place now. Brandon gave us a tour of the park. Now so much of the geography, we all knew that inside and out, but of the hypothetical layout and reorganization of the park as he saw it. The Excalibur is going to need the most amount of work, according to Rich, Brandon's head contractor. A roller coaster made of wood exposed to the elements for all these years will keep as much of the wood as the original structure as is safe, but we might have to rebuild most of it. Do we have money for that? Scott asked loudly from where he walked behind us with Danny. Yeah, Tyler said. We have money for that. Ah, Mr. Moneybags. That mini-dealership treating you good? I nudged him hard with my shoulder. Tyler stumbled but kept enough composure to push me back into a passing churro stall. Those six BMW dealerships are treating me very well. Well enough to serve as a sizable collateral we needed, Brandon added. So Charlotte ran up behind. So Charlotte ran up behind us and threw her arms around Tyler and Koji. Can we ride some rides? Are you kidding? Why do you think we're here? Tyler laughed. I'm just here for Mayhem Mountain, I said, clapping my hands and rubbing them together eagerly. Brandon threw up his hands. Alright, fine, I thought you guys would be interested in how your investment is coming along. Koji snorted. <laughs> all we interest <laughs> all we're interested in all we're interested in is the projected ROI, and more importantly, which rides of festivities <laughs> vision. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Brandon stopped walking and tried to look annoyed, and failing that he smiled. A little over half of them are rideable. Suddenly, everybody was talking at once. Is Steel Viper open? Yep, that one. That one's on. What about Snapdragon? Dragon? That one's good to go, too. Renegade Falls? The water's not on. High Roller? Yes. Space Spin? Oh, yeah. Power Tower? They're doing... <laughs> I call myself Power Tower, so <laughs> you know what I mean. They're doing the inspection this week. There was only one ride I really cared about. Mine and Brandon's favorite. What about Mayhem Mountain? Buck. Yes, he answered to the collective groans from the rest. Mayhem Mountain had always been our thing. The others had always been happy to ride High Roller and Snapdragon into exhaustion. Brandon and I always split off toward the end of the day to ride Mayhem Mountain into the twilight hours. Ugh, Charlotte shuddered. I hate that ride. It's boring as hell, Koji agreed. I helped design something similar for Disneyland Hong Kong. Disneyland Hong Kong. We put it in Fantasyland for fuck's sake. Hey, that ride is awesome. It's long, and it goes upside down, I argued. Charlotte is even too scared to ride it. I'm not scared of that ride. It just gives me the creeps. Something about it just, I don't know, it seems off. All right, look, we'll start at this end of the park and work our way towards the back. That way, we can ride every ride that's past inspection, including Mayhem Mountain, Brandon said. And Snapdragon, Tyler added, and the others nodded excitedly. Yes, every ride. And of course, we could ride them, you know, as many times as we want. Hell yes, brother, Koji high-fived Brandon, and we headed down the street towards Space Spin. Our progress through the park was blissfully slow. Everyone wanted to ride every ride multiple times, and one person always had to stay in the loading area to operate the ride. It only took an hour or two to forget that I was a fully grown 35-year-old man. Being back here, running through the line ways with my friends, arguing who got to go in the first row of the first car, it was like being 12 years old again. Still. My eye was constantly drawn up over the buildings into the distance to the back of the park where the high gleaming rails of Mayhem Mountain shined in the unobscured sun. There would be no arguing who got front row on that coaster. It would be me and Brandon. It was always me and Brandon. I' sounds a little kinky. I fucking love Brandon. <laughs> I fucking love friend. <laughs> Charlotte, Tyler, and Kochi were the most like children, constantly running ahead and arguing over which ride to get on next, yelling back to ask Brandon if this one or that one had been cleared by the contractors. Brandon and I held back from the group a bit, discussing ideas and possible improvements for the park. Scott and Danny took up the rear of the group, quietly talking and light- lighting joints. Yeah, yeah lighting joints. <laughs> yeah, bro. When he arrived at the Enterprise, <laughs> the Enterprise, a simple ride that consisted on spinning cars on a circular track, I offered to flip the switch while the rest of the group rode to excess. The Enterprise always made me sick when we were kids. Brandon offered to stay on the platform with me to chat while everyone else rode the ride. I flipped the switch to turn the ride on, and the cars spun away from the loading area. The Enterprise's signage came into view. I sighed. All day I had been trying to ignore the bright graffiti sprayed all over the park, but the words painted over the, the signage for the Enterprise was impossible to ignore where did the missing kids go and the rest of the graffiti in the park was much the same most things said where are they runaway row find ryan kinski and the missing are now dead similar sayings could be found in town spread across a few dilapidated buildings in the industrial district brandon's eyes avoided the sight, but i could tell he was thinking about it too do you think the reason they shut this park down i mean Do you see that being an issue for park attendance? I asked as casually as I could. Brandon was quiet for a few moments as he waited for the ride to slow to a stop so he could flip the switch again. No, I don't think so. Low attendance issues aren't actually what shut the park down. They aren't? This surprised me. Nope. When we were negotiating the sale of the park, I was given access to the park's financials in the 80s. So they weren't operating at a loss? Oh, they were, but this park has been operated in the red since opening day in the 70s. Half of their revenue is being fed back into something called county services, whatever that is. The bank couldn't tell me and believe me, I tried to find out. County services, I mused. Yeah, bizarre. And according to the paperwork, the park was closed because the owner didn't want to live here anymore and he couldn't be bothered to wait for a decent offer on the property, so he just sold it to the bank for next to nothing. So he was a rich guy. I leaned back against the railing to stretch my back. And an idiot. Yes, to an extreme in both cases. The owner of the park was Abel Bissett. Abel Bissett? Related to the French billionaire, I'm guessing? Brandon nodded. Michael Bissett, he built this park for his son in the 70s. Abel was never really what we would call business-inclined. I've always heard him described as simple. I can't believe the son of a billionaire lives in this area. Well, not anymore. He moved on decades ago. I shook my head in disbelief. Who had ever thought that our simple little park was owned by a famous billionaire's son? Hell, I may have even sat next to him on rides and had no idea. You guys want to go again? Brandon yelled to the others as the ride came to a stop. I'm ready to move on, Koji yelled back. Anybody want to ride again? Nope, a chorus of voices replied. It was near five o'clock when we finally arrived at Mayhem Mountain. As the sun began to set, a familiar panic and urgency welled in the pit of my stomach. It took a moment for me to realize that we didn't have to leave when the park closed this time because the park didn't close. We could stay until the sun was up if we wanted to. As I eagerly approached the turnstile for Mayhem Mountain, Tyler spoke up behind me. Listen, can we run into town and grab something to eat before we ride Mayhem? You really want to ride Mayhem after we eat? asked Koji. Good point. There's
1: only one loop, Danny rolled her eyes. Two, I said. Don't forget the inline roll. Too, Scott answered. Plus, it's a minute ride. If your food isn't setting well, you've got a long wait till it's over. Look, I said. Let's ride it a couple times and then go eat. When we come back, we'll see how we feel. Everyone nodded, and we started walking through the lineways up to the platform. When we reached the loading dock, I was excited to sit in our favorite green car sitting on the track. Front seat! Brandon and I yelled simultaneously as the train cars came into view, and everyone behind us just groaned. I'm staying here, Charlotte said. I'll just work the launch pad thingy. Still scared after all these years, Char? Scott teased her. Shut up, burnout." Scott laughed and tousled her hair before running and jumping into the first car behind Brandon and I. Danny got in next to him, and then Tyler and Koji took the second car. We put the shoulder restraints down, and they locked in place.
0: Making a presumption. They get on the ride, she doesn't like it, she operates it, they go on the loop, they come back, she's not there, no one's able to stop the ride. Okay. Does that sound fucked up? Yeah. (laughs) Would that Um, sound like mayhem (laughs) Yeah, that would would be pretty I've never read this before, mind you. I don't read many of the stories, so I'm just, uh, Um, you're allowed to make assumptions like this.
1: I mean, I feel like if it was that type of situation, it would be similar to a Twilight Zone situation where, like, totally. they just show up and everyone's gone. You know, not oh, just her. And like she's a, just
0: and she's just alone. Yeah, like... I they, had all the time in the world, all the time I needed.
1: <laughs> or, or they get to the park, she's gone, and all the missing kids are there.
0: I feel like that's going to come up.
1: Ready? Charlotte asked. Yep. Brandon yelled back, Send the car through. Charlotte pulled the lever and the brakes disengaged. As the car moved forward, I turned to Brandon. Did we get the green car on purpose? I yelled to him as the coaster clanked around the load platform and began the clattery climb up the first lift hill. Yup. We sent cars through here all morning, but I made sure Rich knew to leave the green machine in the loading bay. Awesome. As the train climbed up the hill lift, I made no attempt to hide my utter glee. I looked out over the expansive park and couldn't believe it was mine. Every track, every car, every turnstile, every screw from the front gate to the overflow parking lot in the back. It was all ours. How I wished I could go back in time and tell a young me waiting in line for two hours to get on Mayhem Mountain. One day, you will own this place. And as we crested on the hill and the train fell under the first drop, I realized I essentially had gone back in time. At least I was screaming like a twelve-year-old, and everyone else behind me was. We dipped into, our f- into the first tester hill, and then banked hard and up to the second lift hill. We dropped from there, down into the vertical loop, banked around a set of gift shops, up briefly and then down a small hill to the incline roll. We arrived back at the loading bay. We were all screaming and whooping. Charlotte didn't even have to ask, just smiled at us and sent us through again. We went through twice more before we finally got off the ride. Koji walked over to check the control panels while the rest of us talked to my sister. sure you don't want to go, Char? It's awesome. Nah, I'm good. I have no problem being the carny for this ride, she laughed. Come on, Charlotte. Just one time. One time and we'll leave you alone, Tyler urged. No, 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 no. No way. Not interested. I'll ride anything else, though." -"Hey, do you guys know what Track B is?" Koji asked. Track B? What do you mean?" Brandon walked over to Koji at the control board and raised an eyebrow. -"That's weird. It's probably just the track where they used to get the cars into the storage bay." -"No?" Koji said. -"That's called the transfer track. Track B has to be something else." -"Yeah, well, I've been on this ride enough times to know that there's no other track." Yep. Tyler agreed with me, he has. So should we try it, Brandon tested? Fuck no, said Charlotte. If you don't know what Track B is, that means the contractors don't know what it is either, which means it hasn't been inspected in at least 20 years. That's suicide. Look, Koji said, if Track B exists, then even the most incompetent of engineers would have found it during an inspection. And Rich cleared this entire ride, Brandon nodded. It's probably just the ride in reverse. We're good. Well, we're in, announced Scott from the other side of the track, though Danny didn't look quite on board with the idea. You know, you you might have been onto something. (laughs) Mark? Tyler asked. Yeah, I I guess I'm in. What's the worst (laughs) that could happen?
0: When everything always gets worse, when everyone says that.
1: (laughs) We get funneled into a repair bay. Alright, uh, that I'm in too, Tyler said hesitantly. Koji shrugged. Here goes nothing. He switched over to track B, and a moment later a loud metallic scraping sound made some distance away filled the park. The sound lasted about a minute. I studied the familiar silver roller coaster under the tiny pink sky of setting sun, but I saw no physical changes to the track. I looked it over at Brandon and a shrug of his shoulders told me he didn't either. Shall we? Scott asked, gesturing to the train cars. We'd just disembarked. I gave Charlotte a questioning look, but she shook her head empathetically. No. So it was just the six of us again. It's only right that you take the bow of the ship. Tyler gave a mock. Oh, captain's my captain. I laughed and hopped into the right side of the front row. Brandon crawled into the seat next to me. Tyler and Koji got in behind us, and Scott and Danny took the back. We pulled the shoulder bars down, and they locked in the place. You sure about this? Charlotte asked when everyone was settled. Danny said something from her place a few rows back, but all I heard was Brandon yelling,
0: "Paula, Danny knows something, I don't trust her!
1: <laughs> the brakes released, and the train rolled away from the platform, and the twilight of dusk. The lights had lit up the track while we'd been arguing, and the roller coaster looked absolutely beautiful. I was filled with awe and revenants, At what this place truly meant to me and my friends. Uh, It was a symbol of our youth, and innocence and bliss, ignorance of the world. It was our own little bubble of happiness. The coaster climbed the lift hill, and from the top Brandon and I studied the tracks, but in those few seconds I saw no difference. Brandon looked over and I shook my head at him disappointedly. By the time we reached the vertical loop halfway through the ride It was clear that there was no Track B, but it was hard to be upset, because I was still on Mayhem Mountain, and still find it an impossible challenge not to smile. We banked around the brightly lit gift shops, up the small Tester Hill, and then back down to the inline roll, except the inline roll was suddenly above us. We'd missed it. Instead, the track now descended into a large square hole in the ground behind the gift shops, and we were headed directly into it. I was in too much shock to scream or even move. The black hole swallowed us in an instant and we descended into the complete darkness. I felt a comfortable pressure leave my shoulders and realized that the shoulder bars had released. I gripped the front lip of the ledge of my seat and heard the terrified screams of my friends behind me as the coaster suddenly spun into what felt like an inline roll. I was too scared to do anything but hold on for dear life, though some part of my brain registered that the g-forces of the roll probably would have been enough to keep me in my seat if I had let go. Probably. We came out of the inline roll and dropped again, hard. As the roller coaster dropped, the room suddenly lit up around us. I saw the track below arching into the light tester hill. As we hit the bottom of the hill, the shoulder bars lowered mechanically. The car went over the small tester hill and then brake to start up again, uh, another tall lift hill. I took my first breath since dropping through the ground and looked around, tuning out the screams of Danny and Tyler behind me. We were in what can be described as a cavernous room, and only I assumed it stretched out to the farthest reaches of the park above. There were a lot of vertical loops, high drops, and sharp curves that put the track perpendicular to the ground. Throughout the entire sublevel building, lamps dotted at the wall every thirty feet, they put out a dreary yellowed glow for as far as the eye could see. But many were burnt out, and in parts the tracks disappeared into darkness. But in the dull yellow edges of the light, I saw something that registered in me a horror beyond death. Far away from us, in a section of shadowy track, I saw the high crest, of a peak hill which reached almost the ceiling of the giant room. And then the track just ended.
0: Suddenly feel the horrible reality of the world outside my mind began to bleed in. Danny was screaming uncontrollably, Tyler was crying, bawling even, Koji was yelling at Brandon who was looking straight at me, hitting my leg hard and repeating my name. As the cars continued to climb I finally gave him my attention, I didn't want to be alone in the fear anymore. What is this? Was all I could think of to say. We have to get off this ride, we have to get off this ride, Mark. I fucking know man, we're going to die. I fucking know man, I yelled as we reached the top of the lift hill and dropped over the other side. I squeezed my eyes shut until I felt the shoulder bars once again release, and I bit my lip to keep from crying. I opened my eyes and choked as I watched the track ahead of us bend up into a vertical loop. I reached up and tried to pull the shoulder bar down, but it was locked in place. Hang on, hang on to the seats, I yelled as loud as I could. As we approached the loop, I felt the brakes engaging, slowing the car and a tow cable catch beneath my feet. We were being pulled up through the loop, but too slowly for gravity to keep us in our seats. As the train began to invert, I felt my feet rise from the floor of the car. My hair fell over my face and my butt left the seat. I closed my eyes and tried to block out the screams of terror from behind me. I concentrated on my death grip of the ledge of my seat as we rounded the track. We remained upside down for what felt like eternity finally the pressure began to ease my butt dropped to my seat and my feet to the floor the white noise subsided from my ears and i heard koji screaming tyler fuck fuck he fell out fuck he fell he's dead man he's dead he hit the track down there brandon yelled at me wide-eyed and crazy looking i was finally seeing the brandon from my youth the shoulder bars descended again this time locking in tighter we came out of the loop and sped up and down several tester hills i tried to study the track Ahead of us, as we went through the safer parts, I thought I saw water reflecting off the metal rails somewhere in the distance. Brandon sobbed in his seat. Mark, what are we going to do? I don't want to die, man. I don't want to fucking die. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm sorry. I'm fucking scared, too, I answered him. We banked around a corner of the room and the shoulder bars released again. This time we dove into a curve that put the left side of the train parallel to the ground, and it was a long drop. I gripped the edge of my seat tightly as before, but this time I kept my eyes open and was able to catch Brandon as he began to slip out of his seat. By the time the train righted itself, I couldn't tell who'd been lost. Most of the screaming behind me had turned out to loud sobbing or silence. The shoulder bar didn't re-engage and I felt the car's brakes slow the train down again. I didn't have to look to know what was coming next. It was another inverted loop this one was tall and large and i could tell we'd be upside down for longer someone behind me began screaming again danny i think as i tried to take measured breaths and position my hurting hands back under the lip of the seat brandon did the same and looked over to me as the car started up to loop with tears streaming down his face i don't want to die in here man i shook my head back at him because i could think of nothing to say I felt tears leave my own eyes as we reached the tipping point of the loop and my feet. Again left the floor before we were even completely upside down. I felt my back begin to slip down the seat. I thought if I lost my grip I could try to grab for the shoulder bars when I fell out of the car. The car suddenly stopped and I opened my eyes to see we were completely inverted. I grunted loudly at the pain and immense effort it was taking to keep my grip on the seat. The car started to move again slowly, and I heard Brandon say something to me. I looked over at him just before he slid out of the car. One second he was there next to me, and the next he was falling. Falling away from the car. I saw Brandon try to grab the shoulder bar on the way out. He couldn't keep his grip on. I watched him fall, and I saw him break his back on the track below, and he stopped moving. I stared down at him as the car continued to move slowly around the loop and he stared back up at me dead or dying by the time the car hit him on the way out of the loop he was completely gone the shoulder bars re-engaged and we went through a dreadfully long period where nothing happened we were secured in our seats by the restraints as the coaster spent what felt like several minutes racing over hills banks curves even an inline roll Without the adrenaline pumping through my veins, I felt the shock begin to wear off. It was replaced by a panic and fear unlike I'd ever experienced, and I decided that it was up until this point, the section of the track, and I decided that was the point of the section of the track, to build and facilitate an unbearable fear. I felt the brakes engage finally, and I looked ahead to find the loop we were surely entering, but there was none. We were high, almost to the top of the ceiling, and we slowed to a stop on the straightaway. Directly ahead was a drop, and at the bottom of the hill, a series of four different tracks with a transfer stack just before they split off. Each track had five or so feet of color, red, orange, green, and blue, before racing off in different directions. I felt an urgent shaking of my shoulders and turned around to hear what Koji was saying. Which track are we connected to? I looked at the transfer stack, green. Where does green go? It was hard to hear him over the sound of Danny sobbing from the second car. I tried to trace the green track through the building, constantly losing it and finding it again. I wasn't sure, but it seemed to end at the lift I'd seen earlier, the hill with no track at the top. It ends at that hill, I yelled back at him and pointed. Danny cried louder, fuck. While we were stopped, I rubbed my hurting hands together. As I looked down at them, I noticed something new in the car. At some point, a small, blinking panel had flipped over in the wall at the front of the car. It had four colored buttons and an old analog timer. The timer was so old and damaged that, though the numbers were clearly changing, I couldn't see how long we had. We get to choose, I said and explained what I was looking at. Can you see which track ends where? Koji asked. I followed all the tracks as best as I could, but the rails circled and slid in between each other. It was hard to tell which tracks went where. I think the blue track ends in that big pool in the corner, the red track ends in a wall, and the orange track just drops into a hole in the floor like the one we came through here, I think. There's no way out, dude, said Scott from the second car. His voice was unsettlingly calm. They're just telling us how we're going to die. We
1: can still find a way out of this, I answered quietly, more to myself than to him. Choose the pool, Scott said, and I could hear the tears in his voice. I've heard drowning isn't an awful death. I've heard it's, it's coming at the end." -"No. Choose the hole in the floor," said Koji. -"It's possible it drops us down into another cavern like this. There might be more track down there, which means more time to figure out how to live." -"You don't think we'd be the first to choose that option, do you?" Scott asked him, and no one that went missing ever came back. There's just more death in that hole." -"I don't want to die like this," Koji begged. -"At, at least it's a chance." Danny was still whimpering in the back, and offered no suggestion. It seemed like the decision was up to me, and I had to make it fast. I knew I didn't want to die by dropping off the track. I I didn't want to drown. Perhaps the (laughs) quickest death was the wall. Uh, More than likely, we would all be killed instantly. Less suffering. Less time to think about our fates. But The the truth was, I I wasn't enough entirely positive which track ended where. It was all educated guesswork, and my time was up. The orange. Let's go down on the second floor if there is one. Scott and Danny said nothing. Koji choked out the last words I'd ever hear him say. Push it before it chooses for us. Before I could think about it any longer, I pushed the orange button and committed us to whatever death it led to. We heard the metallic scraping of the track transferring below. Once the orange track was securely connected. The brakes on the car released, and the train rolled slowly towards the drop. Danny started screaming again. As we dropped down the hill, I got a better view of the orange track. There was a vertical loop ahead, and it didn't look as high as the others we'd been through. In fact, it looked like there was a chance the fall wouldn't kill us. If it wasn't an optical illusion, and if the shoulder bars disengaged for that loop, we might have a shot at living through this. I yelled back to everyone behind me. Let yourselves fall out of the loop, the one up there!" No one responded to me, which didn't matter, because I didn't think they'd have the courage to let go of the seat anyway. We raced along the track, in and out of banks and curves, and at one point, we passed along the pool. I looked down. Below the water's surface, the track ended above an even deeper pool. I could see shadows of several other coasters at the bottom. I suddenly felt the brakes engage. I realized we were coming to the loop. I tested the shoulder bars by pushing on them, but it stayed locked. I was somewhat relieved in that moment to know I wouldn't have to make the decision to fall out now or gamble on the orange track. But suddenly, the restraints released. As we started up the loop, I gripped the lip of the seat tightly, turned my head back to look down. It looked like we were very high, and I only hoped the ground was loosely packed dirt that it had looked like. I had to choose now, the fall or the hole. I chose the fall. As I began to slide up the seat, I yelled at the others to let go and fall out of the car. Then I closed my eyes and let go. I felt my head crack and the shoulder bar on the way out. It wasn't like a slow motion fall. It was over before I realized that I had actually let go. One moment, I felt an intense pain as my head hit the bar in the same moment, I was on the ground. I hadn't even had time to realize the possibility of hitting the track below, or even getting run over by the car. I opened my eyes in time to watch the car speed over the track above me. The pain didn't hit me all at once. I had one long, blissful second before I felt it, and then I was in agony. I hoped my body was so in shock that I wouldn't feel much of the pain, but I felt it all. I concentrated on keeping my eyes open and tried to catalog the damage. There was blood on my clothes, but I didn't know what part of my body it was coming from. I heard screaming as well, but I didn't know if it was in my head or coming from my friends as they approached the end. I didn't want to move. I didn't think it was safe to move, but I knew I had to, if only to pull out my phone. With trembling fingers, I pulled back from my pocket and brought it to my face, trying to focus on the screen. But it was shattered and refused to even turn on. I threw it away from me, and then I realized the silence. Their ride had ended. With a great amount of effort, I rolled onto, over onto my stomach and dragged my broken body across the ground towards where I thought I remembered seeing the hole. I crawled for what seemed like hours, and maybe it was. Sometimes I tried to stand or even kneel, but the pain in my back and my ribs was too great passed out several times from shock and pain, but eventually I made it to where the track disappeared into the ground. I pulled myself to the edge and looked down inside the hole. The track ended just below the surface. It was a natural shaft with walls made out of rock. I didn't know how deep it went, and I didn't want to. It was a fate I had only narrowly escaped. But then I thought my friends were down there, and maybe someone survived. Koji? My voice echoed loudly down the shaft. No answer. Scott? Nothing. I reached for a nearby screw and dropped it down the hole. It took half a minute to land, and when it did, it was with a tank, as if it hit something metal. A small sound echoed up the shaft and out into the cavernous room, and I realized this place was built with the acoustics in mind. I rolled over onto my back and studied everything I could see from where I was, staving off my body's desire to pass out again. I felt nothing but numbness when I finally saw what I was looking for, a long, panoramic window in the far wall, and I knew what track B was for, I finally let myself slip into the darkness. I remember very little of my rescue, there were lots of people in uniform, and my sister yelling and pain. Lots of pain. I was in and out on the way to the hospital, but I remember I passed through the room behind the window at some point, and from my stretcher through the chaos, I saw in that room a single chair facing the window. It was covered in a deep layer of dust. I was never visited by any official, yet alone asked to give a statement. Charlotte stayed by my side at the hospital for months while I recovered. She wouldn't say much about the day, although she did finally tell me something. She said that they wouldn't let her ride with me to the hospital, and that someone offered her a ride. On that drive, she'd been spoken to by two people that had convinced her to never speak of what had happened, and they convinced me of the same, whatever they had threatened her with, and had her begging for me to agree. And I did, at that time. I am still to this day learning to walk without aid. I never saw Mayhem Mountain again. The loan defaulted and Adventure Valley was bought by an unknown LLC which bulldozed it and built a block of apartments over the top. They're still empty to this day. I don't like the dark anymore. It reminds me of the horror my friends experienced as they looked down and saw the track end before they disappeared into that hole. I try not to think What they must have felt as they fell down the shaft in complete darkness.
0: I think it was something probably along the lines of... FUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUUCK!
1: I would certainly hope so. Death. 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 (laughs) Strapped to a roller coaster, waiting for the terrible end. I wish I'd chosen the pool. Only if to save them from that fate. As for the billionaire's son, he was only... Simple and the fact that he was a man of simple tastes. And he still is. I looked him up once, only a few years ago. He owns in several other amusement parks now. All sizable, but small enough to be popular in their own specific regions. In fact, one is not very far from where I live now. And I thought about going to it many times. Just to check. Just to see. But then I realized that I probably didn't need to search all the rides in the park to know. Because I know somewhere in that park some ride in some corner has a track b. That that took a really good twist. I loved it. Um,
0: I thought it was great. And yeah. you know
1: what? Going to
0: Six Flags tomorrow. Can't wait for Skull Mountain. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Skull Mountain is like let's, let's fucking die guys. Let's fucking die bro. Bro. Let's <laughs> fucking Oh good stuff. Um, You know a lot of it Part of me has to ask myself, was this made before Final Destination 3? Yeah, I I thought... Did you you get there? I thought that a lot. I'm not sure. You said at the beginning that you didn't watch many horror movies as a kid. That had to have come out when we were like 13, so... Um,
1: Final Destination was one of the only horror movie series I would watch. It's a good Um, one. I remember, I believe it was 7th grade, we had to do a a giant mural of some pop culture. Yeah. You know, something. Mm -hmm. uh, And I did... The, that one exactly Final Destination 3 with the roller coaster and uh, you you knew I was a terrible artist I had like <laughs> weird looking faces trying to make scared faces and screaming oh it was bad
0: I I love that movie. It's my favorite of the Final Destination series, and I feel like this story either borrowed some of the good elements from that. I liked the choose-your-own-death thing. I thought that was cool.
1: Yeah. Um, Had, like, almost like a soft, like, if, interaction. Yeah. If
0: there was... I mean, it was a matter of simple tastes. Yeah. Uh, if there was something I could say, maybe they could have chilled on the exposition a little bit. And he said everyone let go. I would like to think he wasn't the only one out of the four left that... Yeah, survived, I would think at least one but it's person But hevi- I feel it's heavily implied that they fell to their death. Yeah. They took the hole instead of going for it. Um, I'm the kind of person who, where in a situation like that, I feel like I probably would have let go. I would have just been like, fuck let that me, hole. Yeah, let me, let me see there's how this There's no ends. way there's something <laughs> below this fucking cavern. And, you know, uh, I definitely thought of Skull Mountain the entire time, so that's going to be real fun to ride tomorrow. Yeah. Um... It's sad that Disco Dracula couldn't be here to experience this with us, but uh,
1: I'm sure we'll give him a little taste in the car.
0: Yeah, I mean, I won't be able to edit it, but we could talk uh, about it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but just um, recapping the events, he he, listening to this, I will tell you right now, he would be like, I don't want to go to Six Flags tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. It's like we would get to the parks tomorrow, and it would just be like, hey, you want to go on Skull Mountain? He'd be like, no, no! And we'd have to, like, drag him on. Uh, We have, um, we have a, (laughs) we had someone who did what I called, I'm just gonna ask you how you like the story. Oh, man. I don't don't have a long... You don't, you don't want to get in there. It's
1: four and more, I don't have a long drawn-out answer. (laughs) It was interesting. You... That's about all I got. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I might have picked you up. Yeah. That was Sir Mulberry. He yeah. he
0: was playing. uh I, I forget how I referred. Pigeon Fitch, Spitter. Just pretend he was, he was cool. no. I was. No. The Muppets up in the stands. Yeah. Oh, that was pretty good. Hey. <laughs> oh, they were the ones in the glass thing. Let's kill these kids. <laughs> hey, Voldemort! Let's kill these fucking <laughs> <up laughs> kids.
1: No, <this laughs> is, was definitely them. them. Yeah,
0: no, was but there's
1: only one chair, so it I. Well, hey, you never know what they're doing while they're watching people you die. You never
0: see their lower halves. Who's <laughs> yeah. to say they're well, not conjoined. Not. <laughs> yeah. like, they're well, conjoined. God. Well we're tied down to the seats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I fucking love them. Uh, how did you how'd you feel about the story?
1: Um, I liked it. It was it was dynamic, it kinda you know, built a little bit of oh, you know, you think you know what's gonna happen, you might know what's gonna happen. Fall in love with these characters, you know. Oh, there's, I here's oh, loving them. Yeah. If anything, I was like, which one's gonna fucking die <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, first?
0: Thing but I thought they of, like, there was
1: was like, if your engineers don't know what fucking track B is, like,
0: what the fuck are you don't doing? Don't fucking do it. Yeah. You know? If the yeah. people
1: who work at the park and manage the rides are like, I don't fucking know. That's that's fucking red flag. Oh, red, red flag. Fucking pussy,
0: bro. He's dabbing the, in the
1: corner. The opposite yeah. end of that is these guys are the managers, so they have to find out what it does because okay. when somebody asks, "What does track B do?" they need to have an answer. But what you do, but what, you, you're like, but oh, what you, you, old track.
0: But what you do is actually questioning that you go into the part that you're not able to walk through with the ride off, yeah. you follow the track until you see a disjoint, and you go, oh, there's something down there. Let's go down and find it. Yeah. Where do these... Where, ha, let's get down there. Oh, we... I can't find stairs to get down there anywhere. I guess we shouldn't ride track the <laughs> death averted. Like, oh, it trip. seems to lead down to a death <laughs> <battle>. <laughs> like, Or, hey, I got... I got this, like, $100 camera, let's strap it to the ride, and then see if it comes back. Yeah. watch the recording. True. It never came back. Uh, I think that's that's a fun point. Maybe what drove them into the red all those years was having to buy a new fucking car (laughs) for that thing. Was it really worth watching all those kids die? It's like thirty grand to make another car for this coaster, man. I really can't afford it. Do it. I'm a simple man. Kill the kids. Kill the the kids. What
1: was the premise for sending people down there?
0: The, the, owner, of the, park, the yeah. owner of the park, I was the park is just fucked. He he I was mean. watching them was die through a, a window, masturbating in that glass corner. I love death. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The okay. Where am I? Where am I? <laughs> so, <laughs> Why are these kids dying? I, I bet if Koji was thinking one thing on the way down in that hole, it was <laughs> with Ima. <Emma. laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's racist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Perfect English. <laughs> <laughs> His fucking name's He's Koji, quite, man. Actually, I'm quite the scholar. <laughs> yeah. All right. oh, nice. Uh, so this was lots of pasta. Anything else to add, man?
1: Uh, I'll probably think, think of something tomorrow that I should have said, but I, I don't have anything tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So uh, let's, nice. let's go fuck <laughs> to sleep. Yeah, nice. Uh, nice. I hope go everyone nice. had a nice time <laughs> listening to the episode. Uh... I might have a slight phobia of roller coasters <laughs> developing you for tomorrow. You It's 4.30 in the fucking morning.
1: I, if I thoroughly enjoy this episode, enjoyed this. I want to fucking find every single one of you who listen to it and bite you one-on-one. It's like one-on-one. It's 4.30 in the morning. You better appreciate this shit.
0: Dab out.
1: Fucking oh, dab me out. bye